On this episode of the Real Life Carry podcast, recent guest Eddie Olson fills in for a sick Mike Zabo. We also welcome back an old friend from last year, fellow caddy, wee Chris from Phoenix. Regulars will remember that Chris accompanied me to Live Golf Portland last year and he's back in town to teach some kids the game of golf. He's also trained up to carry bags at the resort. Chris discusses what's involved in the golf camps before we all discuss the pros and cons of resort caddying versus country club caddying. We then tell a few caddy stories of which the highlight has to be how I pranked a lady golfer by convincing her we'd met before, but in fact we hadn't. It was all part of a very naughty plan set up by her boyfriend. We turn our attention to some very good mailbag questions before giving out some shout-outs. If you have any feedback or questions, please email us, podcast at glorifieddonkey.com or contact us on social media. If you're new to the podcast, why not go back and listen to some or all of the previous episodes and make sure and check out our podcast sponsor, Big Game Golf. Thanks for listening, and we really hope that you enjoy this episode. Welcome to another episode of the Real Life Caddy Podcast. This one, I think it's number 116, it's 117, not quite sure. I'm joined by Steady Eddie. Yo. You you made a quick return from your last appearance on the show. Good to be back. Yeah, you're replacing Zabo because he, uh, he's not well. He's irreplaceable, but nice to fill in. I don't know. He caught something in Disneyland, I think. <laughs> I think he caught something in Disneyland. We also joined with wee Chris. Wee! It's been since uh, Jerry Lou's house in Bandon Dunes after the first live golf event in the United States in Portland. It's been I was, a while. I was going to say to you, it's exactly 364 days since you were on the the podcast. A lot has happened since then. You're back in town, Chris. Why are you back in town? You were doing some Nike camps? Yep, I'm getting away out of the Arizona heat for the summer. I'm up here for a couple months. There's a couple golf camps I'm helping instruct. Mm-hmm. In between the camps, I'm doing some caddying, so I got a little time off. How does it work? You do, what, two weeks on, two weeks off? Yep. It's like working the rigs? Yeah, two weeks on, three weeks off, two more weeks back on. The kids arrive on a Sunday afternoon, then they're with us all day Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then they depart Thursday afternoon. So the kids range from like 12 to 18 years old. Mm-hmm. And uh, for this location, it's like more of an, an advanced camp. So it's not just your kid parents saying, hey, go learn golf for a week. And these are kids that have maybe some established handicaps, play on like their high school team or would like to, and have maybe aspirations of playing in college golf or beyond it. We not always get the best kids, but Maybe we can get a kid that's like 13 that hasn't played much golf and then you have right next to him a 17-year-old. He plays on his high school team, wants to play in college, so you kind of have to, to feed feed both of those and make sure everyone has a good camp. But How many kids in the camp? There's about 25 kids a week. Ooh. Yeah, So and we're with them all day. So these kids have maybe been out of school for, for a couple of weeks already. We have wake-up calls at 6 o'clock. That's very difficult. For Bre- you or for them? For both. <laughs> Breakfast at 7. Then we go to the golf course. We do instruction. We have like four hours of instruction in the mornings. We'll do like full swing, putting, short game, chipping, lunch. Then we'll go out and play some more golf, back to the hotel, nap, and do it again. Really? So it's just... Four hours, that's a lot. So how, how many How many hours are these guys playing golf then? Sun up to Eight. sundown. 
Yep. Eight, nine hours a day. Yeah. Wow. What course are you guys at? We do all of our, our teaching out of the Pebble Beach Academy. The putting lab in there is pretty awesome. You get to play the the hay, the little par three course a couple of times. Zabo loves that place. Yeah. <laughs> we had we had two quote unquote hole in ones there uh on the second week. For the twelve year olds maybe it mm-hmm. counts. Yeah. But how do you see it? I have one there. I don't really count it. Thank you. It's always fun seeing the kids. They they come from all over. There's a couple of kids from Cali. Last week we had a kid from uh Thailand come. We do have like a beach night, so we go to Carmel. So it's not strictly all golf. You can have the kids get to know each other better. We'll play some football, frisbee, volleyball, see if these golfers are actually athletes too. Some of them are. Bunch of poor kids, I'm guessing, if they're coming from Thailand. True. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah, that's maybe just a, just a flight over the pond for them. Yeah, did you ever do any of that kind of thing, Eddie? I never did any camps, really. I always just kind of did my own thing. I, I unfortunately never did. Maybe I'm sure it would have helped, but, uh, you know, my uh, I could never afford those. Yeah. No, I mean, you, you couldn't afford to maybe fly to Thailand for no, the summer that was, yeah. <laughs> for four days. I would have loved to. Some kids, back. Are, so we used to do like four weeks on, a week off for 4th of July, then four more weeks. Uh-huh. There was a kid one year. <laughs> His parents just left him for a month. So, I mean, you're, you're learning the same shit. So you do the same thing each week. What do you teach? Whatever I'm needed. So uh, each week we did a, I'd either shadow a uh, full swing, Jeff Ritter. He's the, he's the head instructor. He's out at uh, Pronghorn in, in Bend, Oregon. He's um, a yeah, really good coach. Just mentored him for the full swing. Next week I'll go follow whatever coach we've flown in, do some short game in the putting lab. That one's that one's cool. Just seeing a bunch of technology and learn about face balance for your putter. Some of the kids have been learning like uh, aim point. Oh. I know that's a little too intense for me. What do you but. think about aim point, Eddie? It's kind of funky, you know, when people do the stepping and stepping and the fingers up, the two, three, whatever. But I have ingrained the the feet thing you walk you know from your line uh from your ball up to the hole just to kind of get a feeling in your feet and i have incorporated that into my routine and i find it very helpful okay. it's just kind of a reassuring thing to uh let you know if you're a little unsure oh is it right edge or a ball out you kind of feel it in your feet and gives you kind of a helps you be a little more confident with your read okay and uh, you know i see a lot of people are doing it, especially these kids the kids are just copying what they see in tv surely yeah i wonder just seeing like all the people on the road they just see see these golfers just kind of uh-huh. stepping out putting fingers up and either is that guy waving at me or is he just kind of it's I fine know. to do i just don't step in my line when you do it please then any of the kids get under your skin the worst thing that you can do is they have to fill out like some health forms the worst thing is when they just bring a whole stack of papers saying what's wrong with the kid <laughs> as far as like I, th- I mean, I know these are kind of like privileged kids and say if the kid had broccoli once and the parents like, oh, he's allergic to anything that's green. <laughs> so there was this one incident that we had. This kid like got a gluten and dairy allergy. He's 13. And so for, for the beach night, we just like bring pizza onto the beach. There's like six pizzas and then there's like two personal pizzas for kids that have dietary needs. And I mean, if you're 13 years old, you'd think... Probably pizza is not for me as far as gluten and dairy and everything. Mm-hmm. Ended up having one of those personal pizzas, thought it was his, called his parents. I'm just shitting bricks over here saying like, oh, this kid's going to blow up or what's going to happen. And <laughs> and uh, back to like four four years ago, I wasn't in charge of like the medical bag at this time. But do you guys know where like an EpiPen goes? 
probably the fat part of the body. So it goes like right, right in, in your thigh. thigh. Mm. So like, okay. Luckily, we haven't had to use it, but at the time, I'm like, all right, well, if the kid can't breathe, I'm gonna put it in his fucking neck. So, oh, wow. just a shot of adrenaline. But what? That can't be easy to do. Just well, to stab a kid in the neck. Well, what happens if you stab him elsewhere? I don't know. I haven't had to. We'll have I don't know to. if people want to chime in and say, hey, stuck an EpiPen somewhere where <laughs> yeah. it wasn't supposed Hopefully to go. We don't ever have to get to that point. Any any doctors out there that want to send in an email, podcast <laughs> at glorifieddonkey.com, let us know. Yeah, I'm CPR certified, but I haven't had to use that either. That would be funny if you stuck the EpiPen in the wrong place and, and, and had to give CPR. <laughs> <laughs> what do you find the most difficult part about teaching these kids? Because it's very these kids are very impatient these days, right? They got their phones yeah, attached to them. Intention spans have just... Do you mean attention or intention? Both. <laughs> okay. They don't intend to hit the correct shot or and attention span. Yeah, trying to keep them engaged. If we're talking, we'll usually, for each station, we'll kind of talk about what we're doing for the first little bit. Then we'll hit their practice shots, and you see this kid just staring at the birds and just <laughs> trying to get them really in, engaged into golf. But, I mean, you, you can see the kids that are there that, that want to learn, and then there's some that parents are like, they they don't want to be at camp. They, they want to be elsewhere. Do you take their mobile phones off them? No. I mean, usually for some lessons, they'll have their AirPods in. and I mean, that's. I think it starts at home. And, I mean, I'm trying to be their, their coach and get them engaged. And you try and tell them once. And if they don't do it, then I think it's just not going to happen. You ever met a kid that went on to do some special things? or? Yeah, a couple of kids have played in um, Division One golf. I mean, I think they were trying to get away from camp. They were a good kid coming into camp, mm-hmm. and then this is just kind of like uh, meeting some friends, and a couple of them follow me on Instagram and see a bunch of those kids are graduating college, played in, played in some Division One places. So pretty cool to see. And have you seen any progress from people from the beginning, from a Sunday? Oh, Thursday, yeah. Where, yeah. Yeah, so on Sunday we get a, uh, we do like a before and after swing, and some of them can be night and day. Now, I know that you've been actually working at the resort the last couple of weeks as well because that's what, what one thing we discussed last year when we went to live golf was actually getting you on the books here is this this is the first resort caddying you've ever done isn't it yep what do you yeah. prefer i'm gonna say both i did write some oh. pros and cons down if i can please share I can ha- yeah, yeah. Love if, I can, if i can have a little bit of mix of both tossing every once in a while so at, at west rock and scottsdale the pros i wrote down are i think it's one of the lowest handicapped clubs in america there's a bunch of like two dozen touring pros that that are out there so the golf's always good quick rounds four hours is like long all the all the guys are great and i get to wear a white jumper i'd take that over a bit many day really yeah. why so even even when it's that hot out you know i don't care. bother you nope i like it bunch of pockets i don't have my bib hanging down well you're, you're so small though that there's only one size of bib isn't it that's <laughs> yeah for normal sized humans, the bib's not too bad. I like to see Big G and the white jumper. Oh, <laughs> we, used, we used to have them out here. Really? Yeah, up until 2000. It was when I, I left. Up until 2008, we had them. I think 2012, they changed. What would you prefer, Big G? I'll take the jumper in. Well, depends if I'm going for pints after. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to look like a convict. Now we're wearing shorts. I hate the bib. I'll be mm. honest with you, I hate the bib. How come? What does the bib bother you? It's not practical. I've had pockets put on the back of the bib yeah. to try and balance it out. But mm-hmm. you you start putting things in the bib, and there's nothing worse than putting your hand in a bib 
and the tea goes up oh, the nail. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's the worst. So, or if Big G's on the occasional jog, the rangefinder just slapping down. I slap him down on my knee. Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah. Oh, you use rangefinders, Big G? I thought you just told him an <laughs> arbitrary number, you know, within 10, 15 yards. Yeah. If, right if over there. If they're better than a 10 handicap, they're going to get a number, a proper number. <laughs> okay, what would be the, uh, is that all the positives you have? Cons. Um, I don't know if it, it is kind of out here. You don't know your schedule till the night before. I think that's really one of the only cons that, that I can think of. And with there being two courses, with so many caddies who don't necessarily work every day, which it can be a pro or a con. Mm-hmm. I know out here you can go around a couple times depending on the time of the year. As far as uh, pebble and resort life, can't beat the views. And this could be a bucket list for some people, so just kind of the, the energy that you get off people, they're kind of out here for the first time, or it could be someone like their 100th time. But they're kind of kind of tough to be in a bad mood when, you, when you're out here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, new, re- new relationships. I've got a bunch of numbers of, of people from kind of all over the all over the states playing in the last month or so, and I got offers to go play there, and and there's maybe some corporate jobs where they keep coming every year, and it's better than a, a bench job and knowing that, okay, this person is at least somewhat decent, they pay well, and I usually like to call that the trifecta, which is good golf, entertaining, fun people, and they pay well, right. and bonus on top if they play fast as well. What were you, Eddie? What do you prefer? They're both good, but caddying at a private club, the benefit of that is that you're you're only playing four hour rounds, four fifteen. And, you know, let's be honest, we wanna we don't want to be out there longer than we need to be. I mean, I've enjoyed it. I just started working at the resort this year. Um, I've been over at Monterey Peninsula for on and off since college. So I've developed a lot of relationships with members out there. But generally the majority of work I get out there is from unaccompanied guests. Mm-hmm. And like um, Chris was just saying, it's people are so ecstatic to be there. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, D- Pebble Beach is Disneyland, Monterey Peninsula is Disneyland Plus because generally, there's you know, like I said, it's very fast rounds. There's no one out there. The course conditions are ten out of ten for the most part. There's less teaching slash coaching out there. Mm-hmm. One thing I've learned at the resort is that a lot of the players out there uh, are just uh, out there to play because they're coming out with their friends their family their son their daughter whoever and they might not necessarily know how to play golf or know the proper etiquette well so you kind of have to do a lot more coaching out there which can be a bit exhausting Mm. and um, so that's but then again, I think, it's, we, have it's a, I think so, we have a, a coaching availability in a couple of weeks if you'd like to join uh, us. <laughs> Pass. <laughs> I just I love when you get on the first tee and the, the starter comes up and says, "Yeah, guys, we expect a four four and a half hour round." And yeah. I'm like, "Dude, have you, you seen the course? Yeah, it's like minimum holes? five and a half six hours, yeah. dude." Yeah. But people are so happy to be out there. Obviously, you run into the occasional uh, group or person who's kind of a malcontent, but overall seeing the positive energy of people whether it's pebble beach spyglass monterey peninsula spanish bay it's it's cool to see their uh their happiness you kind of okay there's only one place for me it's resort love it yeah nah, what are your it. pros and cons well the pros and cons is going elsewhere is like a day off yeah fast round drive to the ball people in general are not engaging though they've no interest in you whatsoever because you're there really just because you have to be it's maybe mandatory if you're a guest to have or you're a playing guest at a country club, or you're a member, you know the place. You've been around there a hundred times, so you're you not think. really you're not really working in merit for for money. 
and the resort stuff is I don't care how long it takes because you're just out there having a bit of banter the money's always much better mm-hmm. do you know what I mean you can't can't come close to to what we we can make at the resort and as I said the pace of play doesn't bother me yeah whenever I go out to the big course I'm like hey I'll be expecting six hours if it's under six hours I'm happy yeah, yeah. It doesn't even feel like six hours. It feels it like ten minutes because you're doesn't. out there having a great time. Yep. Everyone's happy, entertained. The mixture, the variation. Mm-hmm. If you could have a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. Because I, I did start working at the country club, didn't I? Mm-hmm. You were there the first day. That's right, I was. <laughs> I'm going to wait I'll wait till Zabo comes back to start telling those stories because I've worked for a lot of ladies lately. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was interesting, myself and Chris, he, we worked together yesterday. Mm-hmm. Man Bun had told a story a couple of weeks back or a few episodes ago where he was contacted by two friends of a guy who was going to be playing and they said, prank him. Pretend like you don't know what you're doing or wind the guy up. It's his birthday. Happy birthday. Nice friends. Well, I had this similar thing. A guy called Bill, he's actually from Arizona. He calls me last week. He says, listen, my new girlfriend is playing at the big course on, he gives me the date and the day, and he he basically says, "Listen, ruin her day." That's that's what I got yeah. from it. Give her poor yardages. Yeah. I'm thinking, well, that might, that might happen anyway. Are you losing the head <laughs> cover? And he says, "Tell him that people from Arizona are the worst you've ever met." And, mm-hmm. and I said to him, "Like, what, are you talking like the whole round?" <laughs> no, she'll, it's a joke. She'll take it. It's a joke. She'll take it. She really likes to prank other people. So, and I'm thinking, I don't think I'm feel comfortable doing that for five odd hours. Yeah. Right. So. I called him yesterday morning. I said, right, give me some information. A little background info. Yes. Kids, favourite drink, etc., etc. Where does she play golf? And I start working on it. And I've got to be honest, it was an absolute home run. Chris mm-hmm. was with me. He he went down, grabbed the bags. I was doing the cart job for the two guys. There was no way I was carrying. Yeah, Gordon doesn't carry. That was too, it, was, it was too hot for me to carry. <laughs> so I see this lady. He'd sent me a photo of her, so I know what she looks like. She's the last one I'm, I, I meet. And I go down, her name was Shannon, right? I walk down, I says, Shannon, Shannon, remember me, right? So I just start playing it off that we've met about six weeks ago, two months <laughs> ago, at her club in Arizona. And I said, don't you remember? I, we, we sat and we were drinking and I, I threw out a name of a member. He's not a member, right? I just threw out a name and she's like, oh, him, yeah. And she actually says, oh, yeah, I remember you. I look at Chris, I'm like, yeah, oh, here we go. Like, so, caught the bait. So <laughs> this lady's best friend is walking with them. Okay, so there's two guys, two girls, and then Shannon's best mate is walking. And she's listening and watching this. I said, you don't remember me at all? And she went, mm, no. I said, well, in all fairness, you were drinking hard. And then I roll out. Then we bring out. up some more background info of what Bill told us. That's it. I says, old fashions. Favorite drink. And all of a sudden... You get this other jolt. See your friend go, oh, Shannon, what, did, what, what happened what six weeks ago? You didn't tell me. <laughs> what did we do? And then I said, you told me you were going to Tuscany and you were going to Lake Como in Italy. With your kid. Uh, no, no, no. I was, and then she, then yeah. our pal went with her on those trips. Now both of them are looking at me going, this is this has freaked me out. Then I threw out the name of her youngest daughter. Oh, I wow. went, give her the name. Then I say, oh, he's married to, she's married to such and such. And freaking her out i can see the cogs going and she's starting to look worried because she mm-hmm. has no recollection of this so maybe i do know you <laughs> she goes off and she tees off but i could see that she's uncomfortable and i'm thinking oh no how far do you go with this because you, do, you don't want to ruin someone's day out here yeah 
And by the way, I hate hybrid here, not driver. <laughs> I went up. I, I said to her in the middle of the fairway, "So how was Italy?" You know, what I mean? and then she starts telling me a wee bit about Italy, and then I threw out another couple of pieces that Bill had given me on the second hole, and then the third tee, I went up to her and says, "You don't remember me at all, do you?" And she just looked at me and said, "No." I says, well, it's fine. I says, I'm going to come clean. We've never met. <laughs> and I said, Bill put me up to this. Uh, and she's like, who's Bill? <laughs> I was like, your boyfriend. And she was, like, the emotions, she looked really relieved, but raging. Like, absolutely raging. And I didn't know. She didn't really talk to me in the next two, three holes. Because I think yeah. she was just so shocked at the whole thing. Because imagine that. You go, you know, go for a golf trip, you know, a thousand miles away. And all of a sudden, this this comes out the closet. She must. It was brilliant. And then by the end, I, I think she spin in the first couple. Oh, of absolutely spinning. She's absolutely like, I'm here spinning. at Pebble. I'm going to have the greatest time ever. Now I got a caddy telling me something about me that I don't remember. Ah, she starts worrying because as you know, you've, you've been there before, ain't you? Mm-hmm. Too much to drink one night, no. and then you're like, "What happened? Sorry, huh?" I think we all have. Like the hangover. But no, it was good. Did you enjoy your loop? That was a fun, fun mm-hmm. time for sure. And who knows? Maybe back in Arizona. Maybe we'll come up with a story like that, and it might be true, it might not. Mm-hmm. I dropped a loop, though. Uh, there was a guy in the group, and uh, he was just a little bit anal, wasn't he? he was I don't know if I'd like to work for him, but... Oh, he was high maintenance. He was very uptight. Basically, the, the his wife that I was caddying for on hole two, I haven't seen it before. A 10-yard putt from a fairway was our shot that we chose. You got to carry a little that bunker. I said, oh, yeah, we can, we can clear it. We only have like 110. And then over my shoulder here, put it, 10 yards, you can't clear it, then you can clear it. The husband, so. the husband makes his wife putt on the fairway 10 yards to get closer to the ditch because he says she can't get over it. <laughs> then she hits the next shot. And she Air mails goes, it, She Fine. goes over the green. Yeah. <laughs> so straight away we're like, oh, this guy, he's a bundle of fun. Yeah. He Bit of a was on the sixth. I'm running back and forth. Well, okay, I'm, not, I'm walking back and forth <laughs> to the cart with the clubs. I give him the number. And I've got his wedge, and he says, oh, I want a nine. I went, you, really? That seems, seems like a lot of club. No, I want the nine. I go back, get the nine. What does he do? Over. He mails the green. Yeah. He then says, you were he, actually, right. he actually says, he goes, oh, you were right in the club. Get to seven. It's playing 95 yards, 90 yards. And I have his 54 and his pitching wedge. I put it in front of him, Right. I don't, I don't choose the club. Mm-hmm. He chooses the club. Then he hits a shitty shot. It goes in the bunker. And he turns around and he goes, oh, Caddy, Caddy got the wrong club. And I'm, I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. And I'm just like, whoa, don't, don't try and call me out in this. And then he turns around. You ever seen Scarface? Mm-hmm. He turns around and he's like, that scene, my little friend, you know? Say hello, hello to, to my, my little, little friend. friend. He turns his club towards me and starts going, <laughs> Wow, yeah, you, how, how do you? What do you even say? That's that? what you get for a wrong glove. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, I, I think I gave him a mouthful. Yeah. Well, I know I gave him a mouthful. Didn't hear from him for a couple of holes. Didn't speak to him pretty much the rest of the round. He was he, he had two broom handle putters in the bag. Jeez. Oh, you know what I mean? It says everything you need to know about it. Everything you need to know. One for the front, one for the back. Absolutely love, love the girls. By the way, for the record, I love caddying for women. You do? They are so awesome. The majority of women I've caddied for in my time. All play fast, are all happy go lucky. All very happy go lucky. Exactly. They never. You don't get the bad mood girls if they have a bad day. Oh, they're all pissed off. Like a lot of guys can be. The chicks, they're just they're so they just Short-term have a ball memory. out there. Mm. Most of them like to have a couple cocktails. 
mm-hmm. play fast. Yeah, little birdie, little birdie juice. Yeah, and easy to caddy for. Driver, hybrid, hybrid putter. Boom. We're going to move on now, boys, because we're actually, I got a lot of positive feedback. I was telling Zabo that people were enjoying the shorter episode. So we're actually, instead of an hour, we're going to try and go for about 40, 45 minutes. So I'm going to play a little message from the Real Life Carry Podcast sponsor, Big Game Golf. And we'll be back with mailbag questions and the rest. Every golfing group has the guy who coordinates the weekly game or the buddies trip. If you're that guy, you'll be very familiar with the pain and frustration scheduling, managing and scoring your game. Why not make your life easier by downloading the Big Game Golf app and start saving time and hassle today. Whether you're a caddy wanting to engage more with your golfers, a pro shop wanting to get out of running the weekly game or you're that guy wanting to streamline the process, Big Game Golf is here to help you. The app has over 30 games, so there is no need to keep playing the same boring games with your mates week in and week out. The app is also fully integrated with the USGA, so every player's handicap will automatically be incorporated, which saves time, and more importantly, sandbagging. Simply choose your game, keep score, and the app will do all the calculations with live scoring, leaderboards, and contest results. Big Game Golf will even text players their final results. Finally, The creators of the app are open to your feedback, so never hesitate to contact them directly with feedback and ideas. So start improving your golf experience today by downloading the app, Big Game Golf. We Chris just reminded me there, if you are not already following Twitter, right, that's the one you want. Instagram, total waste of time. Pretty much done with that platform. (laughs) YouTube, Twitter, Facebook. But we Chris did take a, a couple of photos this week, didn't you? Yeah, last uh, Tuesday, I think we were the, the second group off. Had a corporate job, so people were playing those like yellow uh, yellow Spalding Molitor golf balls, so you know you ha- you're going to get into a fun day. with. They pulled yeah. a 15-pack for $15 out of their golf bag. That much? Yeah. 15 bucks? I know. A rip-off. They started putting uh, some tents around for the U.S. Women's Open, and it shouldn't be an issue for when they're playing, but for the days leading up to it, it's... From the tees that we were playing, it's it was actually almost pretty talented how it was at, ended up going there. It was just like a medical tent, and there's glass facing the doors, which oh, is... Oh, no. So he ended up hitting one of the windows and then looks around. First thing in the day, it's like dead silent. There's a couple <laughs> of people on the tee box, and then he goes, what they put that there for? <laughs> said, why is the glass facing that way? And then he pulls into his pocket and proceeds to like... Uh, I was just hoping he'd he'd smash the the next, the next door on the left. Next but door. Yeah, so that was that was how the day started. Mm. <laughs> well, I do. Uh, we're going to do some questions here, boys. There's one in here that's kind of similar to that. This is pertaining to you, Eddie. You recently had Eddie on the podcast, and he mentioned being red shirted. What does that actually mean? That's from a Colin Wright, and he's in Norwich in England. So, a lot of listeners are perhaps not American, so they're not knowing what red shirted means. Redshirt basically means you are getting an exemption, whether it's, for me, I got a medical exemption because I injured my knee in high school, so I was able to uh, not participate that year in the golf uh, tournament activities. You are on the team, you do everything that the team does, you are just uh, not eligible to play any tournaments, which... So I, it took me five years to graduate from uh, college, which five years in Vegas. I mean, I wanted the extra year personally. But yeah, so my first year I got there, I'm actually glad I did 
because it took me a little time to acclimate to the college atmosphere and life and being on my own and whatnot. So I wasn't playing well and my coaches and I discussed maybe a red shirt might be a good thing for me because I got off to a bulky start in college. So uh, yeah, I decided to red shirt, which like I said, means I just wasn't able to play tournaments that year. But then again, but for the next four years, I was eligible to play um, as a member of the team. Gotcha. So basically, when you go to college, you can play a maximum of four years. Yeah, correct. Yes. Where did you go to college? I went to school in South Texas. It's uh, Texas Pan American. Now it's called Texas Rio Grande Valley. You probably don't know where it is, but then when I'll say it's close to South Padre Island, then then you'll probably know. So uh-huh. it's a little bit different from Arizona golf, where hit it high, let it fly, down there by the coast, 30-mile-an-hour winds every day. Just got to keep the ball super low, so... It, it definitely helps. Any red shirting? No red shirting for me, but I mean, it's it's nice that, that um, they're kind of implementing that. So I mean, say if you are injured, instead of saying you're shit out of luck for a whole year, you can kind of just say, "I'm going to red shirt, but I'll still be participating in workouts and um, everything with the team." You just just cheer them on from the sidelines. Get in my reps. Yes. Yeah, get my reps. Golfers are athletes too. What would would that affect your scholarship then if you didn't get red shirted or if you were how does that affect? No. No? No? Okay. So you basically get five years then paid yeah. for. So for me personally, I was able to increase my scholarship later on in my career. So I got X amount, my fur, you know, right out of the get-go before I signed. And then as I started playing better after my first and second year, I was able to get a little bit more, oh, which okay. was nice. Yeah. Now, I don't think that happens nice. to everyone, but my mother said, if you want to keep my son, keep yeah. my son here, you better... Yeah, yeah, pay up. Put your hand in your pocket. That's okay, right. next question. This is from a Graham in Medicine Hat in Alberta. Oh. That's Canada, isn't it? I've been hey. there. Canada? You have been? I have been. I played the Canadian tour for a year. Okay. Uh, what is the absolute worst shot you have ever seen as a caddy? Okay, I'll go. This The reason I'll go, because this happened the other day. This guy had a hybrid, and he hit it so far off the toe with an open face. I shit you not, the ball went net backwards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was gonna say. I think it's it almost. I couldn't believe. It. I don't know. It I takes talent. Do if I try, it does. I said it takes talent to, to hit. It. For that guy who did that, I applaud you for doing that because as a professional golfer, I am. I couldn't do that if I tried. So uh, good on you, mate. <laughs> I've shout seen, out to Alberta. I've seen. Yeah, and everyone else that listens in Canada, <laughs> keep your chin up. That's right. The I've seen several. I saw a guy hit the ball into the tee marker ahead of him and it bounced back and nearly broke his jaw. Oh. Then I saw somebody hit it up the side of the cart barn at the, the, the big course where everyone smokes fags. Oh, my God. A, a left-hander. Then I saw a shanked guy... It. Yeah, he shanked... A yeah. left-hander shanked That's it. That's like 30 yards off the tee box on the yeah. left. It's uh, it's hard up. to... Straight up. Oh, man. So a guy stick it in a hotel room. Oh, yeah. Off the first, and I also I've mentioned this <laughs> one before, but the lad stood up with driver in the first, and he had his legs on one side of the tee box and the ball inside. Bernard Langer was the only one I ever used to see do that. You'll see them more guys do it now. They're trying to create the yeah. angle, and I'm looking at my player and I'm thinking, oh, here we go, <laughs> interesting. Must be a player. He's got driver. <laughs> I, the way he's set up, I, I'm thinking he's going to probably put it on the green. It's only 340 yards. Yeah. With the line, with the setup, and he looked like he knew what he was doing. He shanked the driver, and it went over the building. And <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if it didn't land close to 18. 
because he hit it 300 yards just in the wrong direction. Yeah. Have you guys broken any – or what's the worst shot as far as, like – Personally? You personally broken something or, like, hurt an animal? I qualified for the 2020 Farmers at Torrey Pines. And the eighth hole on the north course is a par three. I believe I was playing there the f- – yeah, I was playing there the first day, so this is my front nine. Eighth hole. It's about 210 yards, beautiful downhill par three, just straight as can be. I It's a 200-yard par three. I had, if I recall correctly, 90 yards in for my second. I dead shanked it off a tee, and I was almost on the first or whatever holes parallel to the right. It was so embarrassing. I'm just walking with my head down, but I'm thinking, well, it'd be a great story if I made par. <laughs> and I chipped it, hit it like to like 30 feet, just missed it, but that was... Uh, it's it's pretty tough. It's shanking one in a PJ Tour event, walking off, and everyone's like looking at you. You're thinking, this guy is this guy playing for real? Next question. Ooh, this is quite a lengthy one, boys. What do you think of whether or not golfers should mark their balls? If you mark your ball, what do you? How do you mark it? And do you mark a line for putting? What do you think of lines on the ball for putting? So number one, should people mark the golf ball? With a Sharpie pen. I don't see why not. Well, there's no reason why not. You have to identify your ball somehow. If you just pull out a Titleist one with no dots on it. Yeah. How do you know it's yours? It's absurd. It's absurd. Put a dot, put a line, put something to... Initials. Initials. A smiley face. I always like a smiley face because, you know, when things start going away, which they're inevitably going to. I I am shocked at how few people mark their golf ball. What were you playing? Oh... Just say I'm playing a two black dot title list or something. But they don't even know what type of ball they're using. Yeah, they don't even know what they're doing half the time. I had a guy that was so stoned the other week, he, he said he was hitting um, a, a white ball. I was like, no, you were hitting a <laughs> yellow ball. <laughs> There's one over there. That one might be yours. Right. Oh. I says, here you go. Here he goes, no, 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 no. I was hitting a white ball. I says, no, mate, you were hitting a yellow ball. Trust me. And the, the guy says, oh, he's probably high as a kite. Or colorblind. Uh, or both. How do you mark your ball, Eddie? I'm a... Uh, Two dot and a line. I put two dots in between the titleist and the number, and then I put a black Sharpie line on it because basically anywhere from inside to 20 feet, I line my ball up like the majority of people do. Boo. Chris? I'm a liner-upper as well, oh. so I'll, I'll make a little, uh, yeah, a line, and then I'll put my initials around the, around the ball, usually a Pro V1X. Can, okay. I just say, can I just say one thing about the line, though? I see so many people trying to perfect their line exactly where they need to put it and i i know this because i was that guy then one day i realized you know I don't, it doesn't need to be perfect i don't need to get over the ball and stand up and pretend like this is exactly where it needs to be as long as it's in the vicinity that's all that matters don't be trying to be so precise with your line to a spot 20 feet away you know to a, you don't need to do that if the pros can't hit the line correct i don't think you can and also correct. actually how i do it is so I put the ball, I have my black Sharpie ball, or a, sh- a Sharpie on the ball, but I face the mark like face down. So there's really only about one inch of Sharpie that I could see, and it's on the back of the ball. And the reason I do that is because it helps me. Ke- I try to hit that spot on the back of the ball and keep my head down to that spot. And then if that way I, I put the ball down and I line it up kind of where I want to go. But then when I'm over the ball, I can't really see the line. You know what I mean? So it's kind of All like right. underneath. So I just focus basically hitting on that back spot on the ball just to try to make solid contact. Yeah. And 
that allows me to not get so caught up in having to, you know, to perfect the line to where I'm trying to aim it. Mm-hmm. I think the whole line thing's garbage. Yeah, a lot of. Nah, a lot of the. Lot of the uh, I'm sure there's a study. <laughs> I'm sure there's a study about people well, using it within five, ten feet, and that might matter. But once you start getting past that, it's. We're we're talking about pace of play as well. It's, yep. it's absurd. It's like marking the ball from a foot and then realigning oh, it. I'm, I, we're sick of this kind of stuff. But I mark any golf ball. I'll use anything I find. I have hundreds of golf balls, so anything that's a little softer than a uh, Molitor, Mo- yellow Molitor. <laughs> I have uh, three dots, bottom right of the of the number, but I never yeah. ever like. Everyone should identify their ball some way. Hundred percent. And that that that's that one came in from a Stacy Worsley, and she is from Bloomington, Minnesota. Shout so, out, thanks, Stacy. Last question. What is the lowest handicap you have ever heard of? That's from Peter from Belfast in Northern Ireland. The lowest handicap you've ever come across. While caddying for him? No, just like in general and playing caddying. I've heard of plus sixes, plus eights, just from, from tour pros when they were in their prime. Mm-hmm. Imagine giving, starting the round. It's kind of like in bowling, there's a handicap. If you're doing a team, you're already down 220 pins. Yeah. And you're just having to fight back and... You're already, you're already down six shots going into haven't even teed off yet. Yeah. Well, I think I think uh, Chris could verify this, but I believe John Rom is a plus seven at his club in Whisper Rock, or was at a time when he was there. Yeah. I'm not sure if that's right, but wild. Yeah. So imagine giving up. Yeah. Twenty shots to. I mean, it makes sense because his scoring average on the PGA Tour, say it's 68, 69, and those are obviously difficult conditions. You throw in a, just an average course. These guys are going to shoot six, seven under par. So, do you think the setup for the average PGA Tour course is is tough? Yes, really. They they make it tough. They tuck the pins. Generally, it's all about placement. So, for the average public course, they're they're not putting pins in a position like they would on the PGA Tour because pace of play would just be miserable. So they tuck every which pin. They put them on little slopes and knolls, and they penalize you if you miss. But that's why you see when it rains out or when the course is soft, these guys just terrorize these courses. They just throw darts all day. But if it gets a little firm, they tuck those pins, you better miss in the right spot or you better not short side yourself or you're going to have a long day. Interesting. Okay, okay. Lads, any shout-outs? Anyone you want to say hello to? I'll say hi to all the the Whisper Out guys that are out and about during the summers. Canada, trying to play some golf themselves. Bandon Dunes, Whistling Straits. Mm-hmm. See you guys in a couple months. Lovely, Eddie. Shout out to all the people listening out there, Big G for uh, making this happen, and all the fellow loopers out there grinding away who are going to have uh, about a week and a half off because of the U.S. Women's Open this week. We've had a guy who's was sending in emails and asking good email? questions. Okay. Good, good, good questions for the mailbag. I like the questions. He called himself Adolf, and I'm like, ah. There's, myself and Zabo, like, there's no chance there's, there's someone, what's his real name? Yeah. And he never, then he turns out, he comes out and plays. I carried for him uh, last week, two weeks ago. Adolfo? Adolf Corona, his name is. But lovely lad. And we've got some notes written for a future episode about that. Uh, Shannon from Arizona. It was a joy. Yeah. And her pal, Christy, correct? Mm-hmm. She'll be listening. She was, she was the best of the bunch, I thought. I know. And she had a shot the other day over the green, but hey, contact, straight. 
Eddie, many thanks for jumping in at late notice. Thank you, boys. Good we'll, to be we'll, here as we'll always. We'll have you back on soon, Chris. Great having you. Thanks. Keep, I'll keep come the up dream with more, uh, I know. Keep the dreamers going, and we'll see if there's any kids uh, with any ailments and see if I they're doing it. all right. Gluten-free. Yeah. What, what, was, what was wrong with them? Gluten Gary and <laughs> old gluten, dairy. Gluten dairy. What can he eat? Nothing. It's always fun seeing the kids, like, their their parents are very, like, proper and this, like, <laughs> this kid for lunch, he didn't want a sandwich, had like four Snickers. He probably wasn't on half chocolate and he was just like <laughs> off the moon. And then, like, three hours later on the back night, he's like <laughs> crawling. Just, yeah, just it's so psyched to be <laughs> out there at camp because you know it's candy time. Right? Oh, my. Parents are telling him what to eat. But yeah, listen, thank you for all your, your questions. Thanks to the listeners. Uh, check out Big Game Golf, our sponsor. Get Download the app. And if you have any questions, please email them in podcast at glorifieddonkey.com. Many thanks for listening. Get out there, enjoy your golf, but more importantly, keep it humble.